0: Everybody, welcome back to The Undiscovered You, a podcast for 20, 30, and 40-year-olds who feel like they have so much more to offer but are somehow stuck where they are. I'm your host, Kimberly Johnston, and this season, we're talking all about being the authentic you. I'm extremely excited to have my guest with us today, Jill Wiley. Jill is a transformational change agent She uses technology to lead transformation, and she's done this in a variety of different places, from financial institutions, to data companies, to various consultancies. She is incredible and has the most amazing Northern Irish accent ever. Jill, welcome.
1: Thanks very much. (laughs)
0: So Jill, tell us a little bit about your background. Um, Tell us about how you got into this. It's a very kind of male-dominated area, not one that a lot of women go into. Can you just tell me how you got interested in it and how you ended up where you are?
1: Yeah, sure. Um, So in the early days, actually, I started off, uh, my degree was in computer science, but it was never my intention. So I started off in geography and maths. I really loved that. I had this wonderful female teacher I mean she was so inspiring and so I really loved those subjects and then when I went off to university the um, professor there he suggested I take a a third subject in my first year which was computer science and of course I was thinking what's this all about because it was in the very early days Um, so after the first year I loved it so much it was all about solving problems It was, you know, there's obviously quite a bit of ones and zeros. So it was very mathematically orientated in those days. Um, But yeah, I really, really loved it. And of course, um, at university, you don't, I suppose you don't really realize you're in a very male-dominated environment because you're with a bunch of friends and you just see them as friends. Um, So it was pretty, it was, well, it was a lot of fun. So I ditched everything else. Just spent the rest of my uni time studying computers and popped out the other end with my little degree and off I went. And I've pretty much stayed in the environment the whole way through my life, uh, always in technology. Um, And I suppose, Kimberly, I'm not just I'm not a geek. Um, I don't just like stare at the computer all day. I really love humans as well. So I've ended up surrounding myself with amazing uh, people, amazing humans. And um, that I'm sort of fused together technology and people. And that's where I've basically spent my whole life.
0: So I think that's incredible right there. Because a lot of people that are kind of focused on the technology have the hard time with the people. And a lot of people that are focused on the people have a hard time with the technology. So fusing that together, I imagine you are pretty hot commodity.
1: Yeah, I mean, the phone's always ringing um, when people realize that you can actually speak both languages. (laughs) uh so it's a it's they are my own well and obviously northern irish i speak as well which not too many people understand uh but yeah so it's um it's a great space to be in honestly it's so rewarding and it's like the most incredible uh life choice actually And, and it was just this guy at a point in time in my life that said yeah i think you might like this jill why don't you give it a go and i trusted him and off we went uh what what an amazing choice in those early years
0: that's Bab, and that's one of the things that we talk about on this podcast is marvelous mentors. It was actually our very first season was all on marvelous mentors, and it sounds like you had a marvelous mentor in this guy who gave you some pretty incredible direction.
1: Yeah, yeah, and and it's amazing. You don't often, I don't think, you realize at the moment in time how important it is. You sort of listen and you go with the flow, and it's like you get a vibe with someone, don't you, you think? Yeah, I, I, I'm going to accept that advice because there is some little vibe around that person that means I I think they're OK, I'll trust them. And if you don't get that for whatever reason, if there's no chemistry of any description, you don't take it. Um, so I was pretty lucky in, in, that, in that early stuff. But, it, you know, it, it was pretty tough, actually. Um, the subject material in those days, it was fairly early on in in, um in technology when it was really exploding and so it was pretty tough I was I was working closely with a lot of people we had to work do teamwork so I because we got projects to do and you couldn't do it alone so you, you know you you're creating things so early on I was creating stuff without being overly creative now that's something to be really excited about because um, I haven't got the most creative brain. So, you know, I'm definitely a ones and zeros person, but we were actually creating things and we were finding ways of working as as a team to bring the best out in each other, to do these amazing projects that were really geeky at the time. I mean, I just, wow, it was such an amazing moment in time for me. And it became quite foundational because I think as I've gone through my working career, I've always really appreciated the value of having a, a, a team around me. Of people who are passionate about their subject and, and want to contribute. So, uh, yeah, I'd say that really was so foundational, so defining for me, actually, in my life. And that's
0: interesting that you you kind of found that so early was, it almost sounds like you had people around you that helped to support you in the areas that maybe weren't your strongest suits, and you yeah. were able to recognize your stronger suits that maybe could support others that didn't have them. And we talk about that kind of recognizing your talents for what they are trying to, you know, we focus a lot on what are our development areas, but what are your strengths? What are the things that you can bring to the table that actually are unique to you? And in this space, I imagine one of those is that whole people development, that whole empowering others, that whole being, as you said, being able to speak both languages, but having someone else around you who can do a bit
1: more of the creative ideas would be a help to you. Oh, I find that definitely, um, when I, and it's again, Kimberly, I, I don't think I realized it when I was living it, but I definitely, when I've reflected, I've realized it. And it's that reflection and realizing my contribution, others' contributions and how that works together in a team that has then been so valuable for me. And I suppose I've actually really learned that that whole reflective moment. Look back, what have you learned? How did you, How did you do? Get the feedback. How do you think you did yourself? Give yourself feedback. Whoever gives themselves feedback these days, you always ask others. I think the most important one is yourself. You realize you always know yourself whether you've done a good thing, you know, been a bit average, <laughs> uh, cruised along, you know, rode the waves or really got stuck into helping solve a problem. So I think your your own self-feedback is really important.
0: Fill out of 360 on yourself, in other words. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So um, when when you were kind of going along in this, I mean, one thing I need to just point out to our listeners is Jill is incredibly senior in her roles. Like she, the way that she's talking right now, uh, she has she mentioned that she's a transformational change agent and has worked in a few places. She's running humongous programs at huge financial institutions, but when you talk to her, she just sounds like she's your mate, and you're sitting down and you're at a bar and you're having a conversation even in the work context even anywhere you are the same you have this authenticity that is so sought after in leaders these days can you tell us a bit about how you're able to do that and why why do you show up as jill at work that's the same jill that is at home and how do you do that
1: wow well, um <clears throat> tricky tricky to answer i suppose uh I definitely have worked in a, as a female, in a very male dominated environment all, all the way through my twenties and thirties. And that, that, that was, I, you know, honestly that was tough mm. because, you know, I was always wanting to contribute. Uh, I was pretty, I'm pretty chirpy. Uh, I like to be in the team, have the discussion and I didn't have enough techniques around me in those early days to help me fit in better. I certainly remember being patronised on more than one occasion. And it sort of knocks your confidence a little bit. So you have to find some resilience about you that allows you to contribute. So I did a few things. I definitely sought out some um, older women, uh, older than me, uh, probably young young now, but uh and, and just sort of really ask them how they coped. How, how were they doing it? How were they able to find their voice in a, in a world where your voice wasn't really listened to enough? And so I got some advice and I got techniques around prepare well. So know your subject, you know, because actually people really respect skills. They respect knowledge. So find a way of, well, make sure you prepare well. And then there's that little intro. So what is the intro when you have something to add, some value to add to the conversation? And just say it, just be yourself, just say it. So I got that advice time and time again, not, not just once as an off the cuff, why don't you try this? But everyone had the same advice, prepare well and you know, get yourself a three or four words that allow you to introduce the, your material and use it repeatedly. And then people will get used to hearing you not dominate not you don't dominate the place but pick your moment and say your thing and then see if you can spark a conversation and they were the moments actually when you when i was able to contribute then through all this advice and it sparked a conversation wow i felt great (laughs) It really built confidence in me and so and i could see people you can see in people's eyes whether they think yeah that was good i like that and then you build more don't you because then you you go and have one to ones in the coffee break and you have a little chat did you like that and how would you make it different how would you and I would ask advice on my contribution and say do you think that idea worked or do you think I could make how would how would you make it better hmm. and so I wasn't afraid to ask people how I could do better with the ideas I had or with the contribution that I'd made so I think overall it really built a lot of resilience in me And then that meant that I started to become more and more myself. And you sort of grow, you know, people, I don't know what this expression is, is it? You grow into your own skin. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, so I I think I grew into my own skin through um, this sort of um, approach to contribution, really, and understanding that if you prepare well and you find a way of having a voice in the room, not too much, Um, no one likes people dominating all the time, but find your voice and, And then you just build confidence. It's great. So a lot of our listeners talk about that confidence piece.
0: And, you know, you said you kind of come up with this three or four word phrase that intros. Can you give us an idea of what that sounds like? What is that? Yeah.
1: So if I was curious about something, so I think asking questions is a great way of building confidence. So that was my first sort of real step. And actually, I do it quite a lot today as well. But so I would say things like, could you help me understand mm. the outcome we're expecting or whatever it is you know but just a way of getting someone to explore more their idea explore more their piece and then i would say is there a space that we could discuss you know just basically you're asking you're it's a little bit of asking permission but the reason i did that is because my accent is really strong mm. it was it was even stronger when i was younger and so people would, there would be, it's like quite a, it's quite an accent, right? It's quite a, it's not, it's not soft, you know, I'm not a softly spoken person. And so I, I softened myself through those words that might sound like you're asking permission. And in a sense, I was because I want to be part of the team, I want to contribute. And therefore, I'm asking questions in a a more subservient type way, but once you get through that, you're able to contribute, and then you become, you know, part of the gang, part of the team, part of the crew, solving the problem. So that that's how I I started my journey on that.
0: And we talk about getting your voice in the room, and it sounds like this was your way to get your voice in the room was to ask a question. And yeah. I think that's fantastic advice. And that whole idea of being subservient, I think the thing to avoid is apologizing before yeah. you speak or you know, putting yourself down as you say something, don't start the conversation, putting yourself down and then doing something. But if you ask a question, could you help me understand? That's all. I mean, in a way it's like, you haven't really explained this that well. Could you help me? Under- yeah, understand? Yeah. And so it's, it's not, it's not necessarily, it's not, I'm, I'm, I'm sure I'm the only one in the room that doesn't get this, which is the kind of thing that people tend to lead with. And yeah you know, it's almost, it's a defense mechanism. It's a self-deprecation. It's a way that you think you're putting yourself below other people in the room to get them. Don't do it anymore. Just stop. It absolutely undermines everything. And it undermines your confidence because you're telling yourself the same thing as you're telling everyone in the room.
1: Yeah. I agree totally with you. I don't, don't lead with an apology. Never. Uh, I'm sorry for interrupting. No, 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 forget that. No, no. No, you're not. I deliberately interrupting because you are not being clear. So you have to, yeah, I would I totally agree. No, no apologies. You just ask curious questions and you can say things like, um, do you mind if I just build on that? Because I've just got another an alternative angle, Mm. an alternative thought process that might be valuable. Mm. So by using intros like that, people pay attention. I might have something of value here. Excuse me, everyone. It is definitely worth you listening. Yeah. it's, it's so, that,
0: but Yeah. Yeah. Building, building on what Jill just said, have we thought about da-da-da-da-da? How much yeah. authority does that give into the room? Like, I'm taking what she said and I'm adding
1: to it. Exactly. Not only is
0: this great, it's going to be even better.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. D- and the other the other technique that I've um, developed over the years is to to build confidence in myself and allow myself to have a voice is to actually listen. So uh, I I seek first to understand what the the thing is the other person's perspective because that builds trust and it's a really I find it not just a building trust thing but it's a really good thing. So I Kimberly I want to understand how you've come up, how did you get up with this idea? What really, when did it happen to you? When, did you? when did you just come to this idea of having these podcasts? It's such a cool way of being, right? So I really want to understand that. And, and then when I've understood that and built my trust with you that I am genuinely interested, then you will start asking me for my views. How would you make it better, Jill? What, what was the bit in it that, you, that really caught your imagination? then you're curious as well. And that is, so I always try and listen first in a, and I don't mean just listen, like listen. I mean, curiously ask so as I really understand your perspective. And then it encourages trust and it encourages someone to ask me my opinion as well.
0: I cannot express how awesome that is. I think that is for our listeners, get a pen, listen to that again and write it down if you didn't get that. Because yeah. that is phenomenal advice. And I think that every meeting you go to, I, you know, we, we talk about this with our listeners, I talk about this with people I coach all the time, is people get really defensive in meetings, when either an idea is challenged, or they're asked a question, or someone sort of says something that might not be exactly on par with what they're trying to say. And what I encourage people to do, and and I think this is exactly what you're talking about, is ask a question back and say, "Where is that? Where is that perspective coming from?" Or that's interesting. You know, I hadn't looked at it with the HR language. You know, with the HR lens on before. Why don't you tell me more about why it's not working for you? And then, or let's take that offline and chat about it because I hadn't even. Put that piece together with this. And I, I didn't, I didn't understand those two projects even went together. Would you mind if we took some time to, to develop that a bit more? And it, it's not, what are you talking about? That project has nothing to do with what we're doing here. No, you're wrong. <laughs> it's let me understand a bit more. And that was a huge shift I had probably, you know, three or four years ago. And it really changed my attitude. It changed my relationships with people I found difficult. And it changed the way that I actually felt about myself as well.
1: Yeah, uh, uh, same here. I probably had it a, a few years ago as well. And I think, wow, it's, what, what a difference it makes when you really try and understand someone's perspective. But Kimberly, the other thing you pulled out there, which I just want to say is so important, is that you're respecting expertise. So I hadn't thought about it from that HR perspective. Mm-hmm. That, that is loaded with respect. Mm-hmm. and that is so important when you're when we're all we've, we've all got something to contribute right the job in hand is how do we actually get people to contribute so by recognizing their area of expertise is is a surefire way of of making people feel good about themselves and therefore help us with our our problem whatever it is our our fun thing that we're doing
0: They're true So, Joe, you were sharing with me that you had kind of a massive shift in your perspective based off of some coaching that you had had. Would you mind sharing that with our listeners? Because I think I think unpacking this would be so beneficial for people listening.
1: Yeah, really, really happy to. So the shift came... I had a coach, oh crikey, it's quite a while ago. Time is flying and COVID, of course, the pandemic has shifted our time. So we've we've lost all track, but probably about 10 years ago, say. Uh, His name was William, Uh, immediate rapport with him. And I'd had this, um, because if we just remember, I've worked in a, I'm quite senior. I work in very male dominated environments. Um, I'm often the only senior female in the room. And uh, it's sort of, it's quite challenging. And so what happened was with William, he, I, I tended to sort of like really not give the senior meals a break. So they mm-hmm. had to be perfect, right? So I, I held them in high esteem and they they weren't allowed to fall off their pedestal with me, right? So I, I was always, you know, really... Um, you know, tough on them is probably a, a good way to describe it in my one-on-ones with them. You know, it's like wanting them always to be perfect. And so when they weren't, because they are actually human, um, I would internally be disgruntled a bit mm. thinking, mm, is this person really the person I want to work for? Are, are they really good enough? And so what happened to my coach, William, he unpacked this into a A childhood thing uh, with my dad who was pretty unreliable person in life and so he he basically really um, helped me understand that I was trying so I wanted my dad to be so good of course we all want our, our dads to be the best the best dads in the world and I just didn't have one that was like that so but I wanted everyone all of the male guys that I looked up to I was sort of replicating that I wanted them to be perfect mm. and it was a bit of a substitutional thing. And so when they weren't, then do you know what? The disappointment was too big. And so I'd walk away. Mm. And so it caused me to effectively leave jobs at a point in time when I had, when, when they just couldn't live up to the expectations I'd set for them. I mean, it was absolutely profound in my brain. It was like, wow, wow. What has William unpacked with me? And so I then, he said, I'll tell you what I want you to do, Jill. I just want you to cut them all a break. Just give them a bit of space. Let them be human and let them feel. It's like, hmm. right, okay, I'm going to try that. And honestly, it was like the simplest bit of advice, the association that he had made me see it for what it was. And and then and I didn't just cut my bosses a break. I cut everyone a break. Like, absolutely everyone around me. And it just had this moment with me of allowing everyone to be their true selves. Mm. And you know what, that's absolutely fine. And then what happened was, it was like a fog clearing. I seen so much value in everyone. It's like everyone, not just the bosses, my teammates, all of the people that work with me every day. All I could see was value, that's it. Everywhere. It was like, wow, it was like this magic unlocking of everything around me. And it was all down to this one fellow, William, and his little coaching where I was just holding on to a dream I had as a kid where I wanted this perfect world. And humans aren't perfect. And of course, that is the beauty of all humans, isn't it? All these imperfections around us, it is amazing.
0: It really is. And I think that's incredible, especially if you're. kind of a type personality who is a perfectionist and you know you give no leniency to people around you and I was once told to stop holding other people to the standards I hold myself to and I thought that was incredibly good advice because I would have somebody who was working with or for me to say and they would say oh I can't get that I don't have time to do that piece of work and (laughs) my reaction was like, what do you mean you don't have time? (laughs) You have lots of time. You know, I was like, I have two kids. I'm writing a book. I'm doing this. I'm doing that. I'm doing this. And I would have time to do this. But I realized that I don't have to necessarily sleep. So that was the... (laughs) <laughs> that was yeah, the big you,
1: difference. No. Uh, maybe you should um I don't know do you now I cut people a break as well I, I do
0: indeed yes I've made I've made this this was my big revelation was stop holding people to the same standard you hold yourself and whether that's a very low standard or a very high standard you basically need to accept people where they are in the situation that they are and absolutely as you said everyone is unique and if you are not able to let people be their authentic selves and work and they're all like so tight and, a, and, and a tight about being perfect all the time and yeah. living up to the standard that they know that you have set for them and that they are not achieving, you are never going to get anything good out of these people. So yeah. let them be themselves and let them excel. And when you are your authentic self at work so much more, because you're not concentrating on trying to be someone else or something else. And you have all this energy to give to that job.
1: Yeah. And, and what, I, what I've learned through that whole revelation for me really was um my brain and I, I, I presume all our brains they they like focusing on problems right they like deep work they like a couple of hours to really focus on the thing in hand and they get a lot of joy out of that um, when they're distracted with this you've got to look like this you've got to be this you've got to be something else it's taking away from the thing our little brains want to do all the time mm. and so That's the other thing that's unlocked me is like, I just focus on the work. I focus on the people. I try to create the environments that let people thrive and they can only truly thrive in my humble opinion, if they are absolutely being themselves, because that's our little brains just want to focus on the task in hand and not be distracted by trying to be something that you're not.
0: So what advice do you give to people? How can you be your authentic self? So if you have that kind of boss or, you have colleagues or you feel like you're working for a Jill or a Kimberly before we had our revelations. What, what can people do to be their authentic selves?
1: Well, I I suppose there's, there's no better substitute than having a conversation. So there is a conversation to be had that says, this is, this is who I am. This is when I'm playing my best. Um, is that, is that an environment that we can work together to create? I mean, there is no substitute for a conversation. And allowing people to know what is um, th- the best to them. Back to the early stuff, it is also really good to understand, listen to what your boss or your teammates want. What makes them their best selves, so that you can adapt where you can to their style, but without compromising your core values. And and ultimately, that's what it's all about. When you really understand yourself, you're core values what makes you tick what's important to you in life and and you don't therefore have to compromise those there's always a a, a win-win as the ultimate there's always a a way of getting everybody's contribution and, and making the problem you know get solved
0: and so obviously i'm going to recommend for people that don't know what their core values are and don't know what they're driven by to get themselves a coach K L J UK great coach there. But if you, if you don't have the cash to get a coach or you don't, you know, you're, you're just not really sure kind of what, what are your values? Is there, do you have any top tips in terms of how do you find that sort of, what, what do I value?
1: Well, I suppose you can find it through the work. You can ask your friends what they see in you. What do they think? Cause people can really help you see yourself as well. So you have to, you have to trust the people that are, you know, whether it's your partner or, um, you know, uh, like someone close to you. So you've got to like, listen to what they're saying uh, about you. So I would definitely just be asking people around, around the place. Um, It's not a substitute for a coach. I mean, I've had a, um, a fabulous uh, moment in time with a coach. Um, So I would, I would recommend that if you were, if you are, soul searching a lot then go soul search with someone who's a professional because they can bring it out of you when you when you can't see it yourself so um but other than um not spent you know if you don't want to spend that cash then um you know you got to ask your friends and understand that
0: yeah and I think people around you will be able to tell you you know you light up when you talk about jazz let's say you know that your passion is obviously jazz every time you talk about it your whole face lights up and for yourself kind of think about what is it when you're doing your job that we talk about make your makes your heart sing what is it that makes you happy in your role and those are the types of things that actually you can kind of work out what are the values that are behind that what is it that you're trying to do so you know is it important for you every single day to feel like you made a difference Or is it important for you to make X amount of money? And that's not, uh, just to be completely clear. It's not a bad thing. That's not a bad thing. That can be, if your values are driven by, you need to be making money, you need to be a provider, you need to, whatever it is, you want a certain lifestyle, that is what drives you. Recognize that about yourself and don't be driven by other people's values. I think that's, that's one of the big disconnects that a lot of us have, are you're driven by your boss's values or your colleague's values, as opposed to being driven by your own values. Yeah.
1: I um worked with a chap oh my goodness I enjoyed him so much he he was a brilliant contributor but his values and my values were really quite different
0: mm. and
1: his values when so we went out we we disconnected actually we weren't we weren't connecting in our early days together so we went out and had a cheeky little beer together for the just sort of chatted out you know back to the there's no substitute for having a good conversation and uh, over a beer over a beer yeah and uh, he he was driven more by financial rewards mm. so that was really great to understand and very proud of it because that is an important part of who he was who he is actually and the other thing he was really driven by is like every day like you when you said it reminded me when you said about making a difference every day so we i i used to think of him as on a 24-hour cycle so every day there had to be a an achievement. He has a ferocious achievement brain. It's off the scale. Wow. I, I don't, I have a more of a utopian brain where I, I'm more um, level and I like the team to do it, but his brain was an achievement brain. So Stephen, I understood that. Wow. What a difference. Our relationship and work was amazing. Absolutely amazing. And yet ferociously different people. And again, it's about, he understood himself super well. And he was okay talking about it that was brilliant i was okay talking about me and we find a path that went wow we're very different people but boy oh boy can we be a great team
0: and what's so great about that is that if that's your if you're a boss and this is one of your direct reports you now have a catalyst to help him excel so you know he needs an achievement every day if i can give him work that will let him do that he is going to feel fulfilled and he's going to stay And you're going to be happy and you're going to get great work product from him. But if you're giving him something, it's actually a really long-term product, you know, project, and you're not going to see an end. You're not going to have any of those achievements along the way. He's going to feel depleted and he's going to go somewhere else or get burned out or, you know, start behaving badly. So absolutely fabulous. Start talking to people, find out what they're driven by and help support them in that. That's fabulous advice. So. We're almost out of time, and I'm so sad about that, but I have to ask you our two final questions that we ask every single guest. So the first one is, along this journey, you've told us a lot about what you've discovered about yourself, but can you share with us kind of what have you discovered about yourself in terms of being the authentic you?
1: So I would uh, say as this long journey I've been on, I've discovered that the thing that allows me to be very authentic is my um, asking questions. So my ability to be curious and unashamedly curious about everything. So I just, no matter what, I'm just asking questions. How does that work? Oh, that's very interesting. Oh, right, okay. I've never seen that before. Would you mind helping me understand? And so it's brilliant because it tops up my knowledge. I become, I'm a real avid learner through the eyes of others because it's so interesting hearing how other perspectives see a problem, see a thing, see a creative thing, whatever it is. So that's what I've really learned about myself now is for me to be very authentic. Um, I, I have a thirst for knowledge and a, a, an inquisitive mind. And so I'm just asking questions galore all the time. So pre- pretty awesome space to be in. That I'm is. probably annoying the life out of loads of people to be fair but uh, they seem to tolerate me okay so I'm going to keep going
0: I doubt that seriously you you've always been an inspiration to the people that have worked around you because one of the things you do is you empower others and in kind of asking those questions and finding how out how other people tick you allow them to use those talents to benefit not only themselves but also the greater team so yeah you're not annoying anybody and if you are <laughs> They're silly. So (laughs) final question I have to ask is what is the best piece of advice you've either heard um, you've given or possibly read in the back of a notebook that you stole from somebody else after a training (laughs) session? (laughs)
1: Um, So best bit of advice uh, is around having a positive mindset because it unlocks um i think it's endorphins buzzing around the place that makes you happy um and so it is it is about smiling and having a positive mindset now there's a wee fellow i know called alf who um i will never forget but he talks about it uh, he told me a story once about um he's making his the kids breakfast and the toast he'd put jam on the toast and the toast fell on the floor. Because like life deals those things all the time, right? We're Mm -hmm. always, something goes wrong. And and he said he's celebrating because the the toast landed jam side up. And that is my advice in life. And I I stole it from Alf. He knows it. Uh, We smile about it often. And it is the motto now that uh, I would pass on to anyone prepared to listen, think about jam side up. Because... There is always a positive way through, even if something looks like, oops, it's gone wrong.
0: That's great. Well, Jill, it has been an absolute pleasure having you on the show. Thank you for giving us some of your time and for imparting knowledge on us and sharing your stories and just this journey to the discovery of your authentic self. And I think so many of our listeners are going to learn so much from this. And I know I have. So thank you so much for joining us.
1: Yeah, it's been a pleasure.
0: I hope you enjoyed this episode as much as I did. Please join us next week when I speak to Destiny Onwache. She's a published children's author. She's been featured on BBC Bedtime Stories and is currently acting as the business support manager to an executive at a major financial institution. Don't forget to like, subscribe, and add your comments below. I hope that you're one step closer to discovering the undiscovered you.